Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Welcome to another episode of eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. I'm one of the podcast hosts, Penny Reed. And I am super excited to have one of our consultant partners and friends, Bob Spiel, with us today. How are you today, Bob? Fantastic, Penny. Let's jump right in. If you guys happen to see the title for today's podcast, most likely you were intrigued. I love it. The Associate Dentist Graveyard, Three Keys to Never Step in It. So I hear about true crime podcasts, which is not what today's episode is about. Yeah. But almost. Now, almost. When you yeah. shared how to overcome some of these horror stories, well, you know what, if we're going to talk about a horror story, let's talk about the icky part first, right? And sure. then have you share through the work that you do, how you've helped dentists that are looking for associates solve some of these problems. Love to, Penny. Thank you. You're asking me before we got on, tell me a horror story. I'll just give you one where I am today. I'm at a client's practice in Colorado, and he just ended a horrible dental divorce with a partner, someone who pushed really hard to get in, pushed really hard to become an owner, but became just this toxic element within the practice that nobody liked. And yet he became a fixture, a fixture that was so entrenched that this client wondered how on earth do I even get him out? Because we're 50-50 partners now. And yet this guy berates the staff. He makes my office manager feel stupid. He ticks patients off. He does poor dentistry. I mean, in every way, shape, and form, he's not a fit. And the tragedy of this is that this isn't an anomaly. This is the norm that we find in dentistry. Because I'll just give you a background. Some 12 or so years ago, very, very dear friend of all of us, Linda Miles, just this iconic dental consultant who's now retired. But I met her after coming from medicine into dentistry. We became very, very fast friends. And sometimes we'd have phone calls. And you know, Linda, her brain is just this idea factory, right? And one time she's just thrown out the scene and says, well, you know, Bob, in dentistry, we have a 75% failure rate with associates. And my jaw just hit the floor. And I thought, gotta be kidding me. Why? She basically said, I don't know but it's been that way forever. Well, my background before I got into healthcare and actually into dentistry and part of that medicine, I ran some really large operational divisions. And sometimes I had four and 500 people working for me. So I've hired hundreds of people. And I started thinking, well, why haven't we been able to solve this? Okay. Like this client today, why did he end up with such a bad situation that almost felt like a real dental divorce in the end? And he went off and went and did his own thing. That was hard cost on his part. But there are soft costs on this that are almost incalculable in terms of really does cost a dental practice and a dentist to bring in the wrong person. So after Linda shared that with me, I started thinking, okay, what is it in this whole process that's broken? And I realized that all the entities that are out there that are trying to place associates are viewing this like a business relationship, when in reality, it's more like a dental marriage because dentists are in each other's sandbox all day long, right? Because of that, 
this isn't just a business relationship. I mean, not even in medicine do you find that type of failure rate. Medical doctors live on parallel tracks, but dentists intersect all the time. And so what I did was set out to figure out another way to approach this so that dentists don't step into this associate graveyard. Wow. Interesting from what you mentioned and knowing that you were in the medical field long before you got into dental, I never really thought about comparing the success or failure rate one with another. So that's really astounding when you think that, because in dentistry, we tend to think, oh, you know, we've got a lot of things figured out that right. they don't have figured out on the medical side. This sounds like- and, 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 and it's true. There are a lot of things that we have, and that's why I'm here. But this is one that we haven't figured out yet, at least not generally. I mean, once Linda shared that with me and I started thinking through, okay, what are we doing wrong and how can we approach this proactively? The good news is over a 10-year period of time, I've been able to come up with a model that has a 90% success rate. Think about that from a 75% failure rate to a 90% success rate. That's pretty dramatic change. That's phenomenal. And I'm thinking way better than the divorce rate, the true yes. marital uh, divorce rate. That is rate. true. And yeah. you probably have something that you could teach Dr. Phil. I don't know if you wind up having some extra time on your hands. So, a little bit of extra um, time, huh? Yeah. So if you would share with us, you've got these three keys that I'm sure yeah. some of the listeners are gripping their steering wheel. They're mm-hmm. so excited. Yeah. They, they yeah. want to hear what these what, are, especially what? if they've ever been through a business divorce. And I will tell you, I'm not a dentist, even though yes. it was a little joke that one of my consulting friends thought I was never been a dentist, but I've been through one of those business divorces. It was very painful. Share some of your pearls, and then I'm sure there'll be many folks tuning in that will want to follow up with you after this, because there's definitely a need for some smarter ways to hire those associates. There is. Thank you. So the three keys, clarity, clarity, and clarity. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. You can almost take notes while you're driving with those three points. (laughs) Yes, you could. Go ahead. Yeah. And why it's in three stages is this literally is a three-stage engagement. And the first point of clarity is all about the person who's going to fit ideally inside your practice. And do you know what those characteristics are? And I'm not talking clinically. I'm talking in terms of values, in terms of how you view money, and in terms of the type of dentistry that you're capable of creating. And you've got to have clarity around those elements to start with. Then you know who you're looking for. So you're asking, are there some tips for Dr. Phil? Absolutely. Be picky up front and know why you're picky. Now, we can't ask for perfection because that's obviously not attainable, but you can really diagnose your practice and see who is going to fit. But I found that one of the biggest issues that dentists have some challenges with is trying to establish that type of clarity because they're just like everybody else in the hiring process, that they are trying to find people whose, to use a better term, their energy resonates with them. Or let's put it this way. In the marital world, we talk about how opposites attract. Well, the same thing happens in dentistry. So I'll give you an example of another client of mine that we just placed an amazing associate for back in the fall. I'd known him for probably eight or nine years. I actually helped him start his practice. He said, Bob, I've got this amazing guy 
who's just ready to go. I've had him come in. He's done some shadowing. And this is the guy. And I said, okay, great, doctor. Can I talk to him first? Can I run some surveys on him? Can I really see, is he going to be a fit? Well, turns out that his personality style was a super off the chart, high personality, big time extrovert, really poor on keeping a schedule, you know, really poor on, sadly to say, but listening. And yet the dentist who wanted to hire him was this percent of dentists are perfectionists. They like to make things sure that they're done exactly right. When I finally surveyed this potential candidate, I just told this doctor, Matt, you can bring this person on, but it's going to be a train wreck because you are not going to get along. He's going to pardon the expression, suck all the oxygen out of the room, and you're going to feel totally berated and not listened to, and he's just going to run right over you. The good news was he listened to me, even though it was his number one pick. But what he was lacking was real clarity in terms of the type of person that he needed to attract and bring on. Luckily, we found that person, but it wasn't because of luck. It was because of a lot of hard work. And now his practice is doing phenomenally well. In 2021, he actually grew 80% compared to 2020. Now, I wouldn't say the associate was all the reason for that, but he's certainly been part of it, even in the last quarter. So clarity up front is what is needed to begin with. Without it, the whole process breaks down. Then point number two, clarity in the middle. And what that means is you're very clear about how you're going to get this associate busy, what the contract is going to look like, and you actually have the dentistry to be able to start to feed this person and you're not starving because that's one of the fastest ways for an associateship to be dismantled is if the senior doctor suddenly is in a position realizing, wait, I can't even bring in the money that I was bringing in. Now, there's usually going to be a little haircut, but there shouldn't be a big haircut. And they certainly shouldn't look like me with no hair at all. So clarity in the middle is how do we bring them up to speed so that they can start producing at a level where they're really contributing to the success of the practice? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I I wanted to ask if, and you can carry on and then maybe pick back up on this part. How often you would say with your clients that you've had to either now or in years past, have that discussion to say, you know what, I know that emotionally you feel like you're ready to bring Mm -hmm. in another doctor yet six months for, and probably for 60 days, they would be busy. And then beyond that, here's what this could look like. Is that something that you find that emotionally often your doctors are ready yet numbers wise, patient flow wise? really not ready. Yeah, absolutely. That happens. And that's a tough conversation to have because when they're emotionally ready, it's typically because of burnout. Then it's having this conversation about, okay, what can we do to help you be ready for this person and help you get your life back first? And then we can discuss, all right, when is it time to bring this person on? But we don't do anybody any favors if the assumption is, okay, it's time. So we actually not only create clarity about the characteristics of the associate, but we love to dive into the numbers and see, is there a practice inside a practice? And if there is, great, there's an opportunity. But if there isn't, that's the tougher conversation to say, you know, it's not a matter of now, it's when you're ready. Thank you. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. I wasn't sure. No, no, ready. perfect question. Yeah, great question. So then the third point, as I said, clarity. If you're driving in the car, you should remember this phrase. 
And this is clarity going forward with clear expectations and a clear path to success, clarity for the team in terms of how they interact with this doctor and how they also help set them up for success. So for instance, we have a whole almost half day training with the team in regards to how we're going to relate with this doctor, work with this doctor, and ensure that we don't do anything unless it happens to be legal, moral, or ethical that is going to start to undermine their position of the practice. And then to make sure mentoring happens both formally and informally for at least 18 months. One of the great things out of medicine that I pulled into this whole model is something I call chart reviews. It's actually the the opportunity for the senior doctor and the associate to get together, not just informally, you know, what would you do with this patient, but to actually have a chance to look at cases and present good, bad, and ugly from both of them and learn together. What would you do different? This is how the patient presented. This is what I diagnosed. This is how it ended up. How would you handle this? Because in the end, you can have great relationship, personality fit, alignment on money, but if they don't trust their dentistry, it's still going to fall apart. That's one of the greatest values that we bring to the table with my company, Dentist Hiring Pros. We stay engaged in the relationship for another 18 months after that dentist is hired, and we keep things on track and keep expectations in front but also strive to work out any little disagreements that may happen that sometimes can turn into great big disagreements. So I suppose what we do is we're kind of like marriage counselors in the end, and we keep that relationship positive and going and moving forward. Because it's amazing even how hard it can be to find the right person, have the right contract, set them up appropriately, that over time, things can start to get off the rails without having a third party involved to just help tap things back in and remind everybody about what our goals are and what we're really trying to do with this associate and how well they are doing. I think this is brilliant. I love this approach. And and I was jotting down a a couple of notes because I'm not driving um, (laughs) as far as as just a few follow-ups. One of the things that I think is so awesome is in almost any employer-employee relationship or partner Mm -hmm. relationship. I've heard Dennis say back in my previous life when I did consulting and coaching, they would hit a new hire and it's like, oh my goodness, Penny, this is the best employee, right? Well, like within the first 30 days, right? probably the best, the smartest, fill in the blank, administrative person, hygienist, assistant, whomever. And then at some point the honeymoon is over. I mean, they still like them, But sometimes they can go from thinking it's the best team member ever to not liking them very much to often you hear 60 days later, oh, yeah, I can't believe the margin. I can't believe how they talked to the space and I can't believe what it's all these I can't believe things. And, And the reality is you can't expect an associate to be at your level that's taken you years to get to immediately. Very true. The other part that I love too, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because what it sounds like that each one of the doctors is giving each other is permission to coach them a little bit when you're talking about, uh, you're not necessarily right and wrong, right? But as far as I give you permission to give me feedback on Mm -hmm. my cases without getting defensive. And I, I imagine you have an entire process for this because I can see, especially the senior doctor 
could be very sensitive. Uh, I imagine they've probably potentially gone decades and no one's given them any feedback. So I, can on their cases, so I would love to hear yes. a little bit more mm -hmm. about your approach with that. And, you know, in case somebody's like, Hey, we were all for this until we realized that this young whippersnapper might be giving us some input. Yeah. But here's the beauty of it, Penny, is that these young whippersnappers actually can have some really great ideas with technology and with techniques and materials. It's having the humility to realize that I don't know everything. You don't know everything. But if we're going to make this really an effective relationship, I should be open to what you want to share with me and vice versa. And when you have that type of give and take, what actually happens is the associate then starts to buy in even more emotionally because they're feeling like I'm engaged in this process. And this starts to become my practice, so to speak, while the senior doctor can step back and realize, listen, I've got somebody here who for years may be able to just be a great sounding board for some of the things that I don't know. You know, that's one of the scariest points for most business owners to be in is when we don't know, but we don't have anybody to talk to. So all we do is just sit on those concerns or those questions and they plateau us. It's an awesome thing to be able to see the give and take can take place between junior and senior, you know, the phrase Covey coined years ago about synergy. And that's what we're actually creating is a sense of clinical synergy, which in many ways is really cool to see. It starts to breathe new life into that senior doctor. And here she starts to fall in love with dentistry again. It's such a cool thing to see. That sounds so awesome. And I would imagine I had written down the word team, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure yes. that the team is going to mirror in many ways what the opinion of the owner doctor is, right? And, and that mm -hmm. they will. their role is vital, their tone of voice, their body language, when they're mm -hmm. talking mm -hmm. to the new doctor about the new doctor. When they're talking about the new doctor, when they're introducing the new doctor to, to patients, when they're talking about him or her on the phone, one little tidbit I'll share with everybody is that we coach our clients to never, ever use the phrase associate because it creates this pecking order. Okay. We say from the very first day, this is their new clinical partner. I love that. That requires like what you're talking about, about humility, a lot of humility mm -hmm. on the owner doctor's part as well. It does. We call someone that's not an owner yet, a clinical partner, but I, I couldn't mm -hmm. agree more. It's very empowering to the team and to the patients, for mm -hmm. sure. I love this whole approach and my goodness, I'm super excited that we're having you Thank here you. and that we can help get this message out because I haven't seen any hard and fast stats on it, but my gut tells me from what I read on social media and the different trends that are happening is that more and more doctors are practicing together. Mm -hmm. So it's not only the associate for the transition, you know, like the Hey, associate coming in for to like take three somebody's months, six place. months, 12 yep. months, and they're gone. Yep. We're mm -hmm. having a lot more partnerships form. This service is so needed. Well, it's been one of my feelings about private practice dentistry for so long. One of the Achilles heels is the inability to really effectively replicate doctors and grow. So I'm just so passionate about this, as well as my partner, Brighton Neal, who this year joined me. And our intent is just to take this and really have it take off inside dentistry so that these senior doctors know that this 75 to 80, and I, I even hear from some doctors, you know, they think 75% failure rate is low. 
I was talking to the dean of a dental school just last week, and he said, you know, I teach my D4s. It's a 90% failure rate. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. If we had 90% of our implants failing, don't you think we'd solve that? And yeah. we, we would, but it's because that's countable and measurable. And the, the costs behind this are really, truly unknown. But I can tell you, if you start to think about the upfront cost, the emotional cost and the opportunity cost for every practice that has this failure, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, for this client today, you know, he literally paid out 200,000 bucks just to have this person take off. Well, and you then know, you have to the, think too about the team, what's going to, oh, so that's the financial, the yes, and then it the is. Team, how accepting are they going to be of the new doctor? Right. Correct. There's a low, yeah. here we go again. <laughs> and the whiplash is associated with that mm -hmm. and patients, the whiplash that they experience, what happened to Dr. So-and-so. And it's a loose, loose scenario for everybody. Our whole goal is to make this a total win-win. In fact, a win-win-win. A win for the senior doctor, a win for the associate, and a win for the patients. And we're really, really happy to say that it works. But yeah, the whole idea is clarity, clarity, clarity. So do you have, and I guess this is an and or, and I'm sure that you would like, do you have some sort of recruiting that you do as well? Because I imagine yes, we there do. will be Very some so. associate, potential associates tuning mm -hmm. in saying, maybe I was one of the 75% that failed yeah. in yeah. a relationship that failed and now I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And so they can reach out to you as well. I'm assuming. You bet. Very much so. A, yes a practice mm -hmm. to join. That's fantastic. Yes. yes, they can. In fact, we love to talk to those type of doctors. Essentially, Penny, what we are is matchmakers up front. We act as kind of like clergymen in the middle, making the relationship solid and with contracts and everything. Maybe even attorneys too, because we actually kind of come up with prenups. And then we're marriage counselors in the end. That's wonderful. So before I have you share with the audience the best ways to get in touch with you, first of all, I'll thank you. One of the things that I hear is that there's a big message of hope here for dental practice yes. owners and those that are mm -hmm. looking to join a practice that's a right fit. Mm -hmm. Any parting thoughts for those that have joined us today? I just want to leave with this thought that dentistry is one of the greatest small businesses ever created. And one of the things that is happening within the industry is the fear that the DSOs are placing inside dental students and even, you know, their associates that they can't succeed in private practice dentistry. So they might as well come here and stay with us. And I appreciate there's a subset of dentists that are going to say, you know what, that sounds pretty good to me. But I really love this phrase that I learned from my good friend, Mark LeBlanc. You can always make a living working for somebody else, but you only make a life working for yourself. And I think that frames the whole objective is our commitment is to give senior doctors and associate doctors a chance to build a life that is better and more wonderful and more exciting than they ever could have imagined not being that's, together. That's so awesome. And I love the quote. You know, I love Mark. We all uh, love Mark. Yeah, we love Mark. Yeah, We've we learned do. a ton from him. So for those of you that may not know who Mark LeBlanc is, he is an amazing, amazing business coach. And you're feeling some of the effects of his work in today's interview. So that's so awesome. So awesome. So what are the best ways for hopeful potential associate dentists yeah, yeah, or yeah. owner dentists to yeah. get in touch with you guys? Yeah. 
easiest way is just to email me. It's bob at spielconsulting.com. And that's spelled S is like in Sam, D is in Paul, I-E-L, consulting, all in word.com. Soon we'll have a website dedicated to this business itself, which is going to be dentisthiringpros.com. So they'll be able to find me either place, but they can also just shoot me a text. And the number there is 208-520-6900. I will respond to texts within 24 hours. And we'll be sure and put that in the show notes as well. Thank Thank you you again, Bob, for being with us for whether you're an ESS client or not, which we have thousands of doctors part of our client network. We hope that if you have a need and that, that Bob can help connect you with the right person to help you continue to grow your practice, you will Mm -hmm. reach out to him. And thank you again, Bob, for your time. You're welcome, Penny. Thank you. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.